Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Name's Anthony. Oh, so, um, so you just went that way. I mean, it works, man. It works. I like it. I think so too. So yeah. <laughs> so real quick, a, a little bit of background about yourself. So while we got, you know, um, since we just started though, but you know, like you said, you got church going on. You're a teacher. You're a coach. You got a son. You got a wife. I mean, you've always been like this. It's like always a go getter. Always something going on. Or is this just something that it all just started coming along as you know with life? what happened what happened man what's up tony i think and i think this is true for most people you kind of start out with nothing going on and then you kind of you add one thing and then you add another and then you add another and they're all things that are important to me that i care about that i like doing so you just kind of make time um you can't spend as much time doing one thing or the other, or sometimes there are seasons, right? So as a coach, when the basketball season comes, other things kind of have to scale back. And once basketball season is over, then, you know, you can maybe ramp up some things, you know, you scale back on the basketball and then so on and so forth. In the summertime, totally different story because I'm a teacher. So it's, I have way more time to be able to do other things, so yeah, I've always been like, okay, you get you get one life. So let's do the things that I want to do and spend time with the people that I care about. Have you always had that mentality? Or is that just something again, like with what life came along and taught you some lessons and it's like, hey man, you only get one shot at this. Let's do it right. No, I think that 
just as you live, you start to take, you take things for granted less. Like, so when my, my aunt Didi, uh, I always say she was the best of us. My dad's sister, uh, she passed away mm, not too long after we got back from China. That's a whole nother story. Okay. <laughs> uh, but you go, man, like some, some things are just more important. So let's try to spend more time with those people. But I think, I think, yeah, I always been kind of one of those people that wanted to do things differently. I'm not going to just do things just because that's how they've always been done or because that's what my parents think I should do. Yeah. I've always been that person that go, mm, nah, this is my life yeah. and I have to live it. So, you know, I, I was talking with, uh, and I saw your Detroit helmet back there that uh, he used to kick for the, um, for the lions. Sean mm-hmm. Connolly, I think was his name, but he was talking about, you know, playing, he got to play with Barry Sanders for a while. And he was one of those guys. That, yeah. He was treasure. He's for real though. But he was one of those guys that Barry Sanders, were like, when all the hype was going on in the locker room, or I don't know, just like ordinary things you would see in the locker room, people being hyped up for a game or just whatever. But Barry Sanders, even in practice and stuff, when he was not having to do anything, he was like over on the side, like reading a book or doing something that was not, you know, what is the word, orthodox to, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, and you wouldn't expect that out of like, a, like you just said, like a treasure like Barry Sanders. You expect him to kind of go along with the social norm of what you hear about football, right? And not the guy that's just doing something that's not what everyone else is doing. But that's what made him different. That's what made him badass. Very, he was always different, though, because remember, he didn't celebrate. He celebrated one time, and his father was like, what are you doing? Like, act like you've been there. From then on, he never celebrated. He always just gave the ball to the ref. Who does that? Especially coming up at that time, right? We got Dion doing his thing, <laughs> you know. T.O. eventually comes along. I know that's after him. But it's always been kind of a, especially when you score, you know, it's exactly. a, hey, you know, check it out. You know, you got, you know, white shoes, you know, that play for the Cowboys. It's always been kind of about celebratory things. Barry was, again, he was different. You know, he didn't do things like everybody else did. So he was one of the people out that I looked up to growing up, you know, growing up in Detroit. And that was the only good person on the team, it seemed <laughs> like. So, and he was great. So just to go, man, this guy, he's got a good head on his shoulders. It's not just about the rah-rah, the me, 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 but it was always team, team, team. Yeah, you know, and like, do you think that's what, I guess I kind of already know the answer to this question, but just to hear your thoughts on it, that, you know, like people like Barry Sanders, Derek Jeter, Michael Jordan, you know, that's what separates these people. They have a whole different mentality, a whole different outlook on what other people think they have to be doing. Like, and that's they have this whole different mentality of like, this is what you need to do to be great. You know, like Kobe Bryant, you need to be doing like the extra work. You need to be doing like going to the club every night, obviously, and, you know, doing what you, the rest of your teammates are doing. You know, that's what separates the men from the boys, so to speak. That might be a poor way of putting it, but, you know. I think that those guys do have distinct personalities that help to shape them along with probably their upbringing and their experiences, just like everybody. Uh, But there is, there has to be something said for taking it in while you're doing it. Because like I said earlier, you only get one life. So the thing about Kobe and a lot of people who are immersed in their work, Steve Jobs talked about it as well, like literally on his deathbed, that he wishes that he would have spent more time with the people that matter. He wishes like he would have been able to smell the roses, you know, while the roses were around. And I feel like 
a lot of those great people will say that too. Like Kobe was all about, you know, mama mentality, blah, blah, blah. However, he did take time to be with his daughters and to teach them the game, you know, at least the ones that that played. And he did take that time to pour into other people. And he tried to spend as much time with Michael as he could. You know, that's well chronicled. But even though you're immersed, I think there's got to be something because it's, you know, what, what does it afford you to get to the top of the mountain? And there's nobody there to, to celebrate with you. Mm. So I think you have to kind of figure out how to balance these different roles. And especially like when you have a family and if your family is small, you know, once one or two people are gone, it's kind of like, dang, that's, that's half the family. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think you have to, I think we do have to get more out of that mindset of like, Hey, just grind, grind away, block everything out. You got to find a find time to, to spend time with the people that matter. It's all about the people, people, people make the difference. Yeah. That's what it's all about, man. And just, and that's one thing, you know, through this life journey or whatever you want to say that I've been slowly learning. And I know like you, that I know what I read about you, you came from divorced parents and so did I, and that, yep. and it was a real, uh, I was three years old when my parents got divorced. So it was a different lifestyle for me compared to, you know, people who did, weren't divorced. And it was just like, you know, I don't know. Was, and I was in a real small town and like my neighbors were miles, you know, my best friends were miles away from me. And it was hard to maybe figure out like who was important to me and that or surrounded by people. Oh, did you cut out on me? Oh, you're back. Okay. Oh, did you freeze? There we go. We're back. Okay. Cool. Yeah, dear. Sometimes my internet has been dropping out for whatever week and uh, for whatever reason, but uh, damn, I lost my train of thought. But yeah, like I guess uh, there, like it was trying, okay, it was trying to build these relationships and figure out along mm. the way, like who is important to me and not just, you know, they're important to me just because everyone says they need to be important to me. Right. And, you know, when I really figured that out was when after I graduated or graduated high school, I was like, who am I actually keeping in touch with nowadays compared to trying to keep in touch with, you know, everybody, you know, you know, let's say, for example, if I go outside for a fight, which you know, I've never been in a fight, but you know, who's going to have my back, right? You know, who can I count on to be there? Or even if I, maybe that's a poor example, but if I, my car broke down, like how many people do I know I can actually call and they'd come running? When you got to move, that's how you know when you're <laughs> there you go. On. There you go. That's a good way to put it. That's when you really find out he wants to get their backs in there. So yeah, for sure. Good point, Tony. But yeah, yeah, I think um, I was one of those people, like I liked to have friends and I wanted to have a crew. Like I, I really wanted that because of the divorced parents and I kind of grew up moving around so much. My dad's side of the family lived in Connecticut. Um, even though we were all from Detroit, they found their way that way. And pretty much all of my mom's family lived in Detroit. So early on, we were back and forth between there. I lived in Connecticut, maybe I want to say two or three times. And then that doesn't even count how many times I moved within the city limits of Detroit and, you know, the suburbs, because there was always like this back and forth. So you don't really grow up with people. Yeah. Like, you know how people, you grow up in the same town, you never move, you know, you grow up with these same people from kinder all the way through high school and you really built these, these bonds. Like, so I never had that. So after I graduated high school, I was always thinking about like, how can I keep people as friends, right? Not like in an unhealthy way, but I just, I like people. I like to be around people. And, you know, when you graduate high school, 
And then when you get out of college, it's hard to like make friends. There are, <laughs> there's not really like a common place unless you join some kind of league or some kind of team where you go to a specific place all the time. So I was always wanting to like have a crew, but I never had that. And so as you continue to grow up, it is different trying to figure out who is important. Like you were saying, as we get back to the point, who is important? And then you find yourself, okay, well, who do I spend the most time with? Who do I like spending the most time with? Who's the coolest people? What do we have in common, right? I have a huge family. I have 14 brothers and sisters. Damn. Now, yeah, <laughs> it's quite messy. I'd say. But one of the relationships that I really appreciate is my sister Asia is two years younger than me. And she's always been one of those people that was on top of her stuff. Like we, sh I think she went to college before me. Um, even though like I was a good student, I was smart. I was just like tired of school. I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm not going to college. And people were like, what? You're not going. I'm like, I just, I just need to do something else. Yeah. So my sister Asia went to uh, Prairie, Prairie View A&M. And, you know, once she graduated, that's when our bond really became way tighter because she was always involved with stuff. She was a dancer in high school. Uh, she was popular and she was doing her thing. And then eventually I graduated. And so now I'm out, like we're not running in the same sphere, but when we both were kind of out in the world with our degrees and uh, there was a specific time I went to go work in Dallas. I'm in Houston right now. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to be up there, you know, for a couple of weeks. Is it OK if I stay with you? You and uh, your I think they were I think it was her fiance at the time who they're married now. He's awesome. Great guy. You know, when you I don't know if you have any sisters, nah. but some you go, well, if there is a guy that I would let date my sister, this would be the guy like based on everything that I've known about him and been around him. This guy's straight. So shout out to him. Uh, but I go out and I hang with them for a couple of weeks. It might've been like 10 days. And the first night I was there, we literally stayed up to like two or three o'clock in the morning, even though I had to go to work the next day because we never really like talked like that. Sure. So it was so different to kind of hear her perspective on the same, the same stories, right? We're in the same house but she saw things differently. She looked at life differently and we just kind of blossomed from there, our relationship, even though we grew up together, our relationship didn't really become, I would say very important until we kind of got to a similar place in life. And we just kind of vibed It's awesome. When you, when you find that with people, whether it's a family member or not. Mm. You're going back a little bit. What what was it like? And I don't know how old you are, and I don't really care. But well, I mean, I don't mean it like that. But I was just want to know what it's like. What is it like? Bro? I didn't mean it like that. Sounded really bad. I didn't mean it like that. I was just wondering what was it like. I got you. Up? Okay, good. <laughs> like, what was it like growing up in Detroit? You know, about a young age. You know, because you hear all these different stories on Detroit, right? You know, like oh, it's a fallen city, and that there's nothing there anymore, and it's gotten rough, and so that's kind of what I was going at. Yeah, that's definitely what I was going at. Uh, Yep. All those things are true. <laughs> it's, all those things are still true. It's still rough. It's still difficult 
to go back and to see like there are literally like abandoned buildings, like yeah. a hospital, like that size of building where just nobody goes there. It's, it's abandoned. It looks like my wife described it this way. She said, you know, when there's a war like the towns have war and people leave, she said, it's, it looks like that happened here, but nobody came back. They just left it. Wow. And that was a great description, I believe, because that's what it looks like a lot of places. And so you'd have these these homes that were just abandoned and burned up. Some of them burned down to the ground. So empty lot. So you might have house somebody lives in next to it, abandoned house next to it, a burned up abandoned house and next to it, an empty lot. It's crazy. So, yeah, growing up in Detroit, um, I feel like we were kind of kept from most of it. We did go to schools in, I mean, I call them the suburbs, but it was just like Detroit light. I just, it wasn't as bad, but <laughs> it wasn't great. It wasn't great either. We went to Oak Park High School. Uh, but again, I was back and forth between Houston and Detroit since middle school. So again, there's this push and pull, but yeah, Detroit is it's just, just like what you hear. It's just like that. And and everywhere you can find great people and everywhere you find some ghettos. So, yeah, it's, it's just like what you hear. Was that like seeing those burnt up buildings and just like you said, like it looked like buildings were just left after a war. Was that kind of motivation for you to like, you know, I know you said you've been like to Connecticut and now you're in Houston. Was that kind of like, I don't want to be here anymore. You know, I don't want to I don't want my son to grow yep. up in this. Yeah, I think. Yes. 100 <laughs> percent and people people ask like would you go back to live in detroit absolutely not no way why my mom still lives in detroit and we go and we visit her but that's enough for me um my cousin he joined the marines just to get out of detroit he literally was like any way that i can get out of here that's exactly what i'm gonna do and he literally joined the marines like what is said to be the most difficult part <laughs> the difficult branch of the military he said it's better than being in Detroit. So oh, <laughs> sign me up. That says something right there, man. Oh, so you know, in, in growing up there, I mean, you know, I know you you're coaching now and whatever thing, but is that kind of where you started to build your philosophy too with your coaching style, or is that just came along? My coaching style, uh, I think, comes from a a couple of different places. Now, being from Detroit, it's all about defense first. Always defense first. I grew up. Uh, Really, my Pistons are like those early 2000s Pistons. So I'm 33. So I was born in 89. So okay. I was right. You know, I didn't watch Isaiah and Joe and all of them. Not live. But I remember those early 2000s Pistons just shutting people down. And I love to watch how we could dominate defensively. And then that turns into offense. So with basketball, it is all about defense and playing smart defense. But Man, the game is is changed over the years. You can't just play defense. Like you really got to have people that can that can score the basketball, and not just in basketball, but in life. I believe in putting people in the best position for them. Now, if you expand your game, then now we can use you in multiple ways. Sure. But I want people to be in their best position to be successful. So if we got somebody that can handle the ball, obviously we want to put them at point guard, no matter how big or tall or short they are. 
you know, give them the ball. Like positions don't even really matter to me. Where can you play good basketball? Or where can you be a a good person? Where's your skill set the best? Let's use you in that area. And then let's continue to grow and learn how to do other things. And then we can kind of move you around a little bit. But yeah, put people in position to be successful. And I think that you uh, will kind (laughs) of, you'll be a good, a good coach and a good leader. Thank you. Yeah. Just like what you just said that it's almost, and you know, I've never coached ball. Uh, You know, I've done some strength conditioning for basketball, but other than that, never really coached it. But it seems like in a modern basketball game is this it's positionless basketball where I was growing up where, you know, it's always the big man was going to be center power forward, you know, then it's just kind of based mm-hmm. on height, you know, the point guard was going to be the, probably the shortest guy on the, on the floor. But now, you know, like, for example, you got, you know, whoever, like, you know, LeBron brings up the ball all the time now. Have the yep. time. So it's positionless basketball, but it's like you said, like, and I like what you, exactly how you put it. Let's put these guys in the positions where we know they could be have the most success rather than just saying, oh, no, you're a small forward. You stay in this area, you know? Right. Because it's it, so silly to me. Yeah, it just, it just doesn't work like that. And and I don't want to overshare too much, but going with a team mentality like that, just saying, hey, we're trying to put people into where they best can succeed at, where I've mm-hmm. seen, like, you know, in CrossFit competitions where, you know, I've done four-person competitions, which – you know, people kind of do their own style. You know, they know what they're good at, whether it be weightlifting, running, uh, gymnastics, whatever. But people will pull off selfish moves just because they want to do, you know, the weightlifting part of it or whatever. And it just kills <laughs> the team. And it, and and it's just like, you know, that was bro. And like, I understand you wanted to do that, but we're right now, we're all trying to have, we all have an equal goal. And you just, mm. selfish move, just crush the whole team. You crush the morale of it now. And like, nobody want to work with you anymore. You know? Yep. That's, I mean, that's the worst when you have selfish people, man, it can just totally undercut and undermine the team. And people always are are looking at the coaches and I'm like, yo, you have to look at the players because I can speak from experience. If you have a player that's uh, a bully, somebody that is selfish, it will destroy your team culture and chemistry. No matter who your coach is, because guess what? Coach ain't on the court. <laughs> the coach is not on the court playing. The coach does not have the ball in their hands. Now, trust me, I wish at times I was on the court because I could still hoop. Okay. I was hooping earlier. Let's go. But I'm if you have, especially your best player, if your best player is a selfish player that only cares about them, no. It don't really matter what your culture is. They set the culture. Your best player sets your culture. I I believe that because they're on the court. They got the ball. Did you say you went to college and played or no? I didn't play in college. I actually was a football player throughout high school. Oh. And yeah, man, when you graduate, nobody's outside tackling each other. Like we all got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> so <laughs> easy to find some pickup basketball games. <laughs> I like to go. So, um, um I mean, so you play every day still or no? You just kind of play whenever you want to. Because I'm in the gym every day. Because in Texas, you have a a sports class, like it's part of your schedule. So seventh period, we have our seven classes. Uh, I go to, you know, we have basketball class. And then when the season starts, we have our practice after school. So it's kind of like one long kind of practice, you know, from two to four, four thirty. Uh so I get to be in the gym every day, but as a coach, 
and my head coach, she told me this. She was like, yo, like, you're not a player when you come in here. So like, don't pick up a ball every time you walk in the gym. <laughs> and so for me, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. Cause I always want to, you know, I want to hold the ball. I want to get a feel, you know, I want to bounce it, get some shots up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm on the court every day. I don't get to play basketball like com- com- competitively every day, but maybe I, I try to go at least once a week somewhere to play. There's a couple of different runs I know of. Mm. But man, if I could go twice a week, that's perfect. Yeah. You know, now I know you said you played football through high school. So in Arian Foster, I heard him say that he doesn't want his kids playing football just because of how mm. his body gets beat up. I mean, what are your mm. thoughts on that? I'm, and I'm wondering if people are, you know, in, in soccer, you, you know, I've learned you can get just, just as many concussions playing soccer with, and I didn't realize that, but it makes sense to me with all the headbutts and just how a little bit more physical or how physical it is. But I was wondering if that's something that you thought about as like being a father now, you know, or if it's just kind of make your own decisions. And I'm not a father, by the way, I'm just getting your thoughts on it. Oh, yes. Um, I think when, and when you love something, man, it's hard to keep keep you from that, right? So if somebody told me you can't play basketball or you can't podcast, you know, I would just, I wouldn't accept it. I will find a way. So if my kid's growing up and he like loves football, he just really wants to play ball. And I do have a son. So I mean, I would try to be cautious with him. I would try to maybe, I don't know, put a tennis racket in his hand or a golf club or a baseball bat. But, you know, if he continues to go back to it, he loves football. I feel like he he deserves a chance to play. You yeah. know, I could I could tear an ACL or break a foot out there and I play hard, man. It's Detroit basketball, you know, <laughs> anything can happen to anyone at any time. So I wouldn't want to hold him back from being able to, to play a game that he loves. Mm, that's a good point, man. I mean, like I said, I'm not a father by any means, but I'm just wondering, you know, if and when that time does come for me, that what would be my decision based on like all the science that comes out now, you know, with like CTE mm-hmm. and, you know, how, you know, I work with a guy who played college football now. He just talks about how his, you know, he was a lineman and just how his body is so beat up now, you know, and just yeah. that, you know, he's just always worried about it. And that it's just like, man, do I really, you know, and like you said, I don't just want to steer a person away from doing something that they, if they truly love it, that's great. Then, you know, go for it and ride that bus until the wheels fall off. But at mm-hmm. the end, though, you know, when you know that, hey, there could be consequences. And I guess there could be consequences to everything. It's just like you said, you could go out tomorrow and roll your ankles playing ball. And I've done that plenty of times. But at the end of the day, I guess you just kind of kind of like, well, am I happy with my decisions? I'm glad I went down this road. I mean, as long as you're happy with it, then that's all what matters. Right. Man, I literally went to University of Houston to play football. Now, did I end up playing football? No. So that story goes, I, again, I moved a lot. So I never had, I'm like five, eight and a half in, in high school. I was probably like a buck 35, buck 40. I understand that. But I'm pretty athletic. I can jump out the gym. Let's go. I'm quick. I got, you know, I, I'm not like the best. I definitely have some, some skill and some ability though. I'll definitely say that, but you don't really get a shot at that size, right? 
you're always going to look at the person that's taller, that's a little bit bigger. And I didn't have like four or three speed. I wasn't that fast. But I mean, I ran a four or four ish. Like I was fast enough. You got some wheels. And in practice, so in practice, man, I'm telling you, like I was, I was a good enough player. So this, our running backs coach, Coach Garner, he told me after the season, after everything went down, uh, he was like, man, honestly, like you should keep playing football. If you really want to play football, I feel like you should keep playing because you you have the talent to do so. I'm like, man, I held on that on to that for years. He said, man, you should go to University of Houston and try to walk on. Like, I think you could play there. Now, Coach Garner played at Willow Ridge High School. He played running back when they were winning state championships. You can look this up. This is like in the 70s. This was one of those powerhouse schools. And so for somebody like him who knows what it looks like to be successful in the sport to be good for him to tell me that I took that as like gold. I'm like, all right, here we go. Yeah. All right. I, I think I'm good. This guy thinks I'm good too. So I went to university of Houston and I never played because I went to three different high schools. So I had to figure out how to get three different trans transcripts into the uh, the NCAA clearinghouse, which I had no idea how to do. <laughs> and one of the places was in, in Detroit. I'm like, yo, how, how do, I don't know what to do. So I literally just gave up. Once I couldn't figure that out, I was like, you know what? I guess I'm not playing football. That's the sad, that's my sad football story. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it's, you know, I never been recruited to play anything or even try to play anything in college but just some of those processes i've heard that you know college athletes are going through and it might be different now where obviously they're making money off their likeness and everything but yeah just like just to do that like three different transcripts just to from high school like four years later or whatever trying to get this like how do you i wouldn't even know where to start you know right now I felt lost. I'm like, and my parents aren't really like really helpful. So <laughs> I called, I called Michigan. I'm like, Hey, I need a transcript. I graduated. Uh, no, I was, I was there in 2004, I think. And this was 2010. So like, yeah, we don't have it at the high school. You have to call the administration building and get it from there. I'm like administration building. What is that? <laughs> so I was just like, you know what, man, I'm going to find something now. I'm going to go who instead. I'm just going to go to the wreck and I'm going to get some shots up. And I, I'm pretty sure I could have figured it out and maybe with some help from a coach or yeah. somebody. But I just, I was so discouraged at that point. Well, you put on that work and then you go to do, you know, try to walk on or whatever. Then it's just like, you know, you got to go through this process. And I get it, man. Just, and then also, you know, I know you're 33 right now. And this, how old were you then? 18, 19? I was 20, 20. And just, you know, you know, you know, I'm 36, by the way, so we're sharing ages, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but at that time, like, you know, I, I'm not the same person I was, you know, at that time, you know, right. And I would have probably, you know, instantly when something like that came, when I was in college, something like that, Oh, you have to do this to get to this point to do this. And it was like, man, but I ain't going to go do all that, man. I ain't, I ain't going to try, but, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it was like, there's a juice worth the squeeze to go do this, you know? And if it was something that wasn't easy to me, I would immediately just say, nah, I'm good. You know? 
And I wish I I would have had a completely different mindset mentality back then. I mean, this is where I had to find my way. And I don't know, you know, this is where I was kind of talking about earlier in podcasts where I had to learn to, you know, be like the Kobe. And I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not comparing myself to Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, or anything (laughs) by any means, but you know, the Kobe Bryant of podcasting, (laughs) but I had to learn that, you know, doing these type of things and facing these challenges is what made these, those people, great and just like you know i can't always just say nah i'll just put that off to tomorrow or next you know i'll start this monday because i knew i'd never really do it and that and yet do i still do it sometimes yes i'm not perfect right but i had to learn to try to accept things when they come to me and to say hey man this is what it's going to be about it's like that half marathon like i had a green light come to me about this opportunity you know and i'm five eight right or not well actually i'm probably like five seven on the tall day and i'm not built for <laughs> running on by any means but and it was also, one, and I had a person tell me, like, you got to get that shit out of your head. Like, you know, like, you know, I'm not, you know, these, this tall, lanky person who's built for running. And that was always my thing of growing up, like kind of what you said, that if you weren't over six feet and over 200 pounds, you were probably not going to be looked at by anybody, whether it be basketball, wrestling, football, whatever. This is, you know, mm. nobody. And yeah, can it be done? Yeah, there's outliers to it. But that was the kind of th- way I was thinking back then, that you were all automatically put off just by certain statistics like that that may have been like a slight ramp but that's kind of what that was my point yeah man at 20 like i'm definitely not the same person that i am at than i was you know at 20 years old i just i think at that time you know it was hard enough trying to get uh into college i feel like at that point because my my dad and my stepmom they I don't know what happened with the paperwork, but like financial aid was an issue. And, you know, when you're under, I think it was 24, you can't, you know, you can't apply on your own with your own paperwork, your own information. You have to use your parents. Uh, And so I'm like, yo, I'm just trying to go to college. And there's so many barriers in the way. So I was able to go for that spring semester because that's when I first went. And again, over the summer, I'm like, there's a balance here, you know, what's up, dad? You know, what can we, like, what's, what we gonna do? And he's the one, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Don't take, don't worry about it. And it's coming close. Like it's D-Day and the week before classes are starting. I'm like, yo, like what's, what's up? Like, I'm just trying to be in college. I'm trying to do the right thing. And so that money actually got paid and I was able to stay for one more semester. And it was great. Like my one year at University of Houston was awesome. I met a lot of great people. That's when I started coaching uh, women's basketball and I met my wife there too. So let's go. I guess one year was all I needed. So wait, how did you get into women's basketball? Was that something you, you just fell into or what? Well, you, you still coach women's basketball now? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I had a buddy and he was the head coach. He was coaching. Okay. And he was like, Tony, I know you, you hoop a lot. You know, you want to help me coach this team? I'm like, cool. Yeah, for sure. I had a really light, light workload. So I was all down for being at the gym and these are grown women. So we're not talking about kids coaching. We're talking about people who want to play basketball and are ready to get people buckets. So I'm like, yeah, for sure. Let's do it. So, you know, I'm I'm drawing up plays and we winning games. We didn't lose a game until the championship. 
So That's we get all the way to the championship and we 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 did lose the championship. That was tough. I was so upset. Uh but he actually ended up no longer coaching the team halfway through the season because he had too much work to do. <laughs> so I just became the coach and I was like, this is pretty cool. Like we had our warm-ups, we had our drills that we go through and we run our plays. And these girls was good too. These women were good. I would take four of them and hoop against guys and we would we'd be running people. So it's it's always fun when you have good players. And I actually still know and have played with some of those people as early as this past summer in another league. So that's fun. That's what I was going to ask you when you told me about your coach women's basketball, that it seems like, you know, and I've never watched a lot of women's basketball except this random WNBA games. And it was just because I saw it on there. I was like, oh, why not? But it's almost like they almost, I don't want to say they're trying to prove something because they almost are. And like, they almost have a harder mentality compared to men just because they are trying to prove like, Hey, we're supposed to be out here hooping like this. And we're supposed, we have something to prove to like, Hey, we're just not some pushover that nobody wants to go see or whatever. Right. And that's like the narrative behind it. Like, you know, nobody wants to go watch women's basketball, but you know, some of us pretty good, you know, um, the ones yes. I've seen anyway, yes. just like you were saying, like in this cause some of them with that, even though, you know, they might not be as tall as the guys or whatever, or bigger, or stronger, but like just the mentality, like we're talking about the mindset that they have. It's like, damn, they're going to give me a hundred percent every day, no matter what, man, yeah. they're going to get after. You can say what you want, but some of these ladies out here, they give guys buckets. So <laughs> a, a couple of players, I had two, two ladies, they were both point guards, but I could play them both at the same time. They were that good. They were that skilled. It was Ariel and it was Angie. And they would just, they both could shoot. They passed. They were smart players. We had JT, who's a bucket getter, who's also a teacher, who I'm also still good friends with. And uh, Angie and Shelby were roommates. And they had a two-man game that was crazy. Like, they had a pick and roll that was serious. So, <laughs> man, it's you can doubt the ladies all you want to, but it's a lot of them that can hoop and that are smarter about basketball than a lot of guys that I've played basketball with because they don't have the athleticism to just run by everybody, you know, especially if they're playing against guys. Oh, my internet might have dropped out again. Be smart. You got to know your angles. You really got to be a student of the game. And another one last thing on women's basketball, I have – a friend of mine, she played at Duke, Karima Christmas, shout out. Uh, we went to high school together for a short time before I moved. <laughs> <laughs> and she uh, went on to play Duke. And that's really how I got into watching women's basketball, because I just wanted to support my friends. So whenever I could find a game, I would watch. And we're talking about high level competition, Duke basketball, men's or women's. That's going to be some good basketball that you're watching. So mm -hmm. that's how I got into uh, watching women's basketball. And, you know, I tune in here or there and kind of see what's going on. But, yeah, man, it's it's a different game to watch. It's not like watching men. Sure. Uh, but it's, it's, it's its own thing. I think people should, you know, kind of leave it alone. Yeah. Well, I think that just like what you said, it's a different game. And you got to go into it knowing that not that you're not going to see obviously what, you know, the elite NBA players are putting out. And like, I think if you go in with that, 
you can understand it better and like have a better sense about it and go into it like, okay, this is what we're getting into now. You know, and I think that's probably where, I don't know, maybe that's where it gets falls off and I'm probably the last person that should be talking about it. But I think that's what people need to do more is just, and not even just with, you know, men's basketball versus women's or men's sports versus women's sports, just with anything in life, just like knowing like, Hey, this is kind of what we're getting into. We know it's not going to yeah. be X, Y, and Z. And then now, and now we don't have to talk negative about it, but we can talk positive about it, you know, because, you know, there's, you know, there's good and bad things to everything. I'm not saying that, but it's just that, you know, let's look at it in a different light rather than just instantly going into like, okay, this is going to be complete trash. Just let's just be honest. Let's be truthful. It's not about hurting feelings. It's sure. about, okay. Like you just said, knowing what you have, like, there you go. I try to be, I try to be that way with my kids in class. I'm like, it's okay. Like, you don't talk at all and you barely do any work. That's where we are. Now, what do we do going forward? How do we either fix it or how do we just kind of tweak things? So either at least you can pass and get up out of here. Or if you really want to get better, now we can have a different kind of conversation. Like if I know what your goal is, I can help you achieve that goal. Sure. No matter what it is. And so again, if we look at women's basketball for what it is or football for what it is or a lot of people bang on the nba right now because it's soft there's no defense there's no team game um okay if that's what you're looking for you're not going to find it in the nba you might want to watch college basketball or some euro lead stuff so like you said know what you're getting Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park into you know if you if you become a teacher just know you're gonna be working a, a lot of hours if you don't know how to be organized and figure this thing out you know know it going in and you can work from there that's what i wanted to ask you that touched on your teaching a little bit and i know you know we're only three years mm-hmm. apart so what is it like teaching students in a modern world today based on with everything going on like a new historical events seems to be going on every other month, you know, and just students seem to be more open about specific issues and wanting their voices heard. And I'm not negating that by any means. I'm just asking, you know, is it to like, cause I, I try to be a PE teacher and that's what I did in college. Well, I didn't PE teach. I went and got my major in that. And then I did some student teaching or whatever. And it seemed, mm-hmm. it was one of the easiest things I felt like I'd done. You know, really we would just go out there and I would play basketball with the students the whole time. I was like, I'm teaching. <laughs> got it. <laughs> <laughs> crushed it i'm making money doing this <laughs> yeah you know i never got a full-time gig but that's that was my student teaching experience you know it's just i would either be sitting mm-hmm. with football coach you know just bullshitting with him and then we're playing ball with the students i was like crushed it i'm a teacher it's fun 
it's fun, honestly, because again, like I know what I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with hormonal teenagers who are trying to figure things out and have their own pressures. I think once you validate that for them, now they'll open up. Now you can get them to do things a lot of the time, not always, because they're still kids and they still sometimes have their own agenda. They just want to hang. But the thing that that I try to do is what wasn't done for, I will say, us growing up is it was kind of like as a kid, you just do whatever people tell you to do. Yeah. Whatever the adults say, just do that. Uh, we don't want to hear your opinion. We don't want to hear what you have to say. Just do what we tell you to do. Like we were really trained to be robots. Like we're bots. And so these kids these days, they don't, most of them. No, 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 no. I take that back. I'm not going to say that they don't accept it because they are in a system where they have to do specific things like the whole GPA game and trying to get into college, man, these kids are trapped literally in a a college system that is broken. Mm. It's 100% broken. And if you want to get into the best schools, like you got to be top 10, top 5%, you have to do the a thousand college, uh, not resumes, but a thousand college applications that cost money that most people don't have, right? You have to write these ridiculous amount of essays. It's a rat race and you go, okay, if I want to go to college or if I want to go to the best colleges, I have to do all of this extra stuff. Like these kids are staying up, two, three o'clock in the morning studying because they got to take four AP classes, higher level classes, because they have to play the GPA game and get their GPA up so that they can go to, you know, university of whatever, right? Not giving anybody any shine here. (laughs) So I try to tell the kids, because I think this is important. You have to know that just going to college A that's not really going to guarantee you anything. Sure. It's really not. Now, maybe in 1995, if you come out of X college, you have something waiting for you that's guaranteed. But there's so much competition in the world today. It's just not like that. Mm. Now, especially for people who look like me, (laughs) okay? People in the minority Bro, they a lot of times they don't care what college you went to, right? So I try to teach kids to connect, connect with people, make connections, be a good person, right? And when you're in a room full of people who do have the means to be able to help you, um, meet those people, talk to those people, sure. um, be good to those people, just as a baseline, right? Whether they could do something for you or not. People remember people who are nice, who make a difference, who stand out. So I'm like, okay, yeah, you want to go to X college, but whether you get there or not, whether you go to college B or college C or D, you have to make the most of it by connecting with people and just trying to do good work and put your best foot forward as much as you possibly can. So, and these kids, most of them, I feel like understand that these kids are way smarter then I feel like we were, or especially our parents were, they're way (laughs) smarter. They have access to so much information. They, they're off the charts. I get kids and sometimes I'm like, you can literally be whatever you want to be. I can see it right now. You already are smart. That's baseline. 
but you know how to connect with people. You know how to lead people. You know how to relate to people. I say you could be the smartest person in the room, but if everybody hates you, it's going to be harder to get stuff done, to be successful. Now, there are people, we'll say Steve Jobs, right? He was difficult to work with, but he was exceptional. If he wasn't exceptional, yeah, we never would have heard of Steve Jobs. We never would have heard of him because people would have been like, dude, you got to go. Like nobody likes being around you. Nobody likes working with you. We don't want you here. You're bad for our culture. So I try to teach kids about that part of it because people want to work with people they like. Literally, you go, hey, Tony's cool. I like him. We can teach him the job, like whatever it is that we want him to do. We can teach him that part. We like him as a person. We want him around these other people that we have here. That's how it goes. That's really how it goes. So uh, how is it teaching kids now? I think it's fun. Um, It does have its challenges, like stupid phones. People are always on the dang on phones all the time. And you got to try to figure out how to deal with that as a teacher. Like, am I going to try to take, take, take and lord over them in these phones? Or, and this is the philosophy, this is the approach I try to take, is I'm not going to take all of your time. You'll have time to use your phones. Because if I try to fight that battle, I'm going to be wasting my time. However, when I need you for this 10 or 15 minutes to explain something to give you the assignment, whatever. Cause I don't really lecture that's old school. Again, yeah. most of the time you don't need to lecture. They can get the information easily. They don't even need you to get the information. <laughs> when I need you for this 10 to 15 minutes to really get across what I have to say, I just need your attention. After that, if it's individual work, whatever we have to do, I don't care if you use your phone, you need to be mature enough to make your own decisions and know, okay, I got to get my work done. Let me put my phone down. Like I can't hold everybody's hand. So I'm not going to, it's kind of the approach that I take. I like that. When they get out into a real, the real world, it would be just like that. Yeah. You can play on your phone all day, but at the end of the day, if you're not doing your work, you know, obviously most places would be like, nah, we don't, we don't need your services anymore. Thanks. See ya. Yeah. And I, and I wonder, you know, and I don't want to, we don't have to go down participation trophies or anything, but I wonder like people who do, like helicopter parents and people who are holding their child's worse. all through the worse. Yeah. And like, this is what they get set up for, you know, everything's just kind of handed to me. There's no, what's the word am I looking at? There's nothing. What is the word am I looking at? There's no disciplinary. You don't have to earn anything. Yeah. You don't have to earn it. It's like a silver spoon for you. There you go. Then they get the privileged. Fine. There you go. Very privileged. And then when they do get out of school or whatever, and they find their job and they hit these roads where it's just like, they're like somebody gives them negative feedback on something. And it's just like instant, instant change of life. I guess it's like yep. that leads down certain roads. You're like, what, 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 what's going on? You know, like I, I didn't get the job or I didn't get the promotion. It's like, I don't understand. That's yeah. I'm supposed to get it. Then it just it leads them down. A, a, and maybe, and I don't want to say they get depressed or anything, but it starts to go down this road where they find out what was, what was going on through life here? You know, why is now life hard? Why is it so hard? We have to give people, not just kids, we have to give everybody an opportunity to fail and then an opportunity to get it right. Yeah. Okay. Because you can't hold me accountable for something. Number one, I didn't know that I had to do. So now once you tell me, this is what I have to do. Give me a chance to get it right. So with kids, a lot of times in school, people want to mitigate every hazard. 
every pitfall. They want to make sure they cover it up. They want to make sure that the kid has every opportunity, no matter if they earned it or not, no matter if they deserve it or not, no matter if they screwed it over or not, they want to take out any kind of obstacle that may come into the kid's way. And it is crippling these children because they don't know how to deal with failure. They've never had to because it's always pass the kid along. You know, what can we do to help little Johnny? You know, what can we do to help little Chris and make sure he passed? I'm like, he shouldn't pass. He didn't do anything. He's (laughs) going to fail my class. I am not giving him any more work. Why is it fair that little Tony did his work the entire semester, passed and got his, his credit, but little Chris did no work the entire semester, but the last week of school, we need to give him an opportunity to pass. No, heck no. Fail, fail your behind and <laughs> take the class again. Hopefully you learn something, man, that it takes me off, man. We have to give people and what better time to learn how to fail than in high school. True. Yeah. You know, before, I don't, before the stakes get crazy, there you go. You know, I don't wish on anybody, you know, having to fail, lose at a game or whatever, but I think just like what you're saying, you have to go through those experiences in life in order to be, to have that sense of being served a piece of humble pie, you know, like we were talking mm-hmm. about these medals or whatever up here, which, you know, like I've done well for myself and that's cause I put in the work, but you know, like last weekend, for example, I did a team CrossFit when we got sixth out of 15, which is good. But, you know, like knowing that I didn't get top five or top three, whatever you want to say, that's like, all right, I want to keep working, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what motivates me that, okay. You know, it does, there's not handed out medals here just because, you know, well, the NAR in some areas, but you know, where they're not doing that. So it's like, that's a motivation factor for me. You know, it's just like, Hey, I want one of those medals. What do I got to do to be up there? You know, I'm just not going to be handed one just because, you know, I ran to the driveway and back. Right. So it doesn't work like that. You know, and I, and I don't, like I said, I don't wish those bad experiences on anybody, but you have to have those, I think, in order to find out what type of person you really are going to be in life. I think there's a time and place for participation trophies. I do give in my class, I get participation grades for some stuff because I'm like, all I want for this specific thing, all I want is your effort. Sure. Right. All I want is you to try. And I don't want to just continue to, I don't want to make everything for a grade. Right. Sometimes I just want to go, Hey, let's try something. Let's do this. But a lot of times they go, you know, if it's not for a grade, there's no buy-in. People don't care. So again, as a teacher, I got to kind of work with what I have. So I'm like, all right, hey, everybody gets a hundred. Cool. But in exchange for your participation, your effort, your creativity, your engagement, that's what I want. And they go, that's it. That's it. That's all I want. If you try and we can all tell if you're trying, then you're good. And so most of the time I can get what I'm asking for. But when it's showtime, when it's test time, I'm a, a speech teacher. So there's a lot of presentations. Yeah. When it's time to present, either you got it or you don't. There ain't no hiding. There's no cheating. There's nothing that you can do if you haven't prepared, if you haven't practiced. You get up there, you're going to suck. Your grade's going in the tank. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but it, we put everything in place so that they can be successful. If they don't take advantage of that, again, we got to fail to learn the most valuable lessons. And I think also uh, talking about failure, those things, those are the things that connect us 
more with other people. Mm. Like when you start talking about uh, divorce, when you start talking about things like depression or anxiety, or you start talking about cancer, you know, breaking a bone, losing, those are the things people really connect over. Right. When you go, man, I re- like I've been through that because those things hurt. And so to know that somebody else has hurt like you have, you go, OK, this person, they get it like they can relate. Anybody could play video games and go, that's cool. Or, hey, yeah, we both like to bowl like that only gets you so far when you understand when people when you go, oh, they're married. Oh, OK, they understand what it's like to be married and have to have those hard conversations or to maybe go through something like a miscarriage or yeah. a parent passing like all of these hard things in life. Those are the things that really connect people. Cause for whatever reason, however, we're wired as human beings, the difficult things connect us way more than the positive things. So we got to go through them. We got to have them. I like that, Tony. I like that, man. Do you see yourself teaching for a while or is this something that you like hey i got bigger things i want to move on to i mean you're very lightning guy man i mean i'm loving what you're putting down uh, i think that i'm a teacher no matter what yeah i'm a teacher wherever i am whether it's on my podcast whether i'm uh, coaching uh, people at church or coaching people in the classroom or coaching people on the court i'm a teacher wherever i go so i'll always be teaching now being a classroom teacher in a high school, man, I'm just kind of taking it year by year, honestly. Um, I love podcasting. I got into it about a year and a half ago, and it has been so fun and such a challenge. It's really calling me up, right, to do more, to do different things, to do things that I don't want to do, like social media. There you go. Uh, it's calling me to really branch out but man i'm gaining so much more from meeting people like you chris meeting people like like nancy norbeck meeting people like reg ferguson meeting people like shannon russell these amazing people that i've had on my podcast that have really been able to impact people past the 160 classroom kids and then not including my basketball girls and my softball girls right so we'll call it 250 right? Even past that, now I can impact people really throughout the world by these different podcasts and these different people that I have on. So I'll still be a teacher. And as that continue to grow, I'll have to eventually make a decision where, you know, am I going to be able to, am I going to podcast full time and give up the classroom? One day, I, I believe that that will happen, but that that day is not today. So, <laughs> I'll continue to teach until until that time comes. I, at least that's how I feel right now. If you would ask me this two years ago, oh yeah, I'll be teaching for the next ten, <laughs> fifteen, twenty, however many years. But man, things in life change. Man, we go into different phases of life. You know, I I never would have thought that I would be thinking about not teaching and not being a coach, you know, girls basketball in high school. But those are things that I have to consider, like along with podcasting, I have a wife and I have a son that's going to continue to grow and get older. So what kind of life do I want to have for them? You know, so we always have to continue to evaluate. So am I always going to be a teacher? Yes. Will I always be in the classroom? 
I don't know. I don't think so at this time. I think there will come a time where I will have to to step away from the classroom. I started my podcast probably two years ago, maybe a little bit more. I can't remember now. But I know you just said so roughly about right, probably right when you were starting yours. I mean, what was the motivation for you to start your podcast? Man, I love people. <laughs> I think you could. I think you get in there through this this conversation. <laughs> but I love people, man, and I love teaching and I love connecting. And so, see that starting a podcast, it was really first. It was okay. Um, I love sports, but I don't want to just do one thing. I don't want to just talk about sports. I like it. Um, I'm married. Marriage is a big part of of my life, and I like to help other married people. But my wife is not a she's not a talker like me, <laughs> and so I kind of had to go. All right, my wife's not going to be a podcaster. <laughs> so eventually, I had to come to the realization that I'm not going to have a co-host because this is my baby, right? This sure. is my vision. So hey, man, you got to you just got to go for it. And so if you got to do some solo shows then oh. so be it make the most of them which is what i did early on but i always wanted to have people on i always wanted to have these these kinds of conversations chris that we're having i wanted to be able to share this spotlight this platform with other people so i'm like okay um let's just have guests and it's kind of started off as i want to see what's on the internet what's interesting what's happening uh and it evolved from from there to let's make the show about the person that I have on. So, Chris, I would I would look you up and I'll go, man, this Chris Shalor, man, he looks like he's done some things and I want to have him on. So I reach out to you. Hey, man, you want to come on? Of course I do. The Living Numbers podcast is awesome. <laughs> so I would do my research on you and go, man, he's he's done. Uh, he does CrossFit marathons uh, he spent some time you know as a PE teacher you know subbing yeah. or you know that kind of thing okay he went to college he's accomplished some things and of course I would do maybe a little more digging he has a podcast okay yeah we need to talk about this yeah. so I just love to commercial people here are different different battles in life how what how did they get to where they are now mm. and so that's pretty much where the podcast has evolved to today where I've just I just reach out to people. You know, I have different websites I use. I went to a podcast, um, not convention, but a podcast, you know, uh, event where it was 3,000 people there, podcast movement out in Dallas. And I mean, I met so many great people that shared so much great information. There were breakout rooms and people were uh, just literally teaching everybody else, hey, this is what I've done. This is what worked. Uh, these are my steps. And so, you know, you go there, you take what you can and you try to implement it into your own show. So um, in the midst of doing that, and that's where the podcast is now, but man, it all started from wanting to connect and wanting to teach others. And so I started bringing experts on people who have done great things to, to help me, you know, cast that vision for, uh, for other people. Yeah, man, I can relate to a lot of that just because you know, when I started listening to podcasts, I forgot how many years ago or whatever, but it was like an alternative to music, right? Instead of just being at work all day, just listening to albums and whatever, like the top 100 on Spotify or whatever it is that I was like, oh, mm -hmm. let me start listening to what's going on. And I forgot, I listened to Kevin Hart was on Joe Rogan's 
podcast. And that was the first podcast I ever listened to. And I remember like, it was so motivating and inspiring just what Kevin Hart was saying and stuff. And I was like, damn, this is what people were like, do on podcasts, you know, and just like taste kind of saying like when you thought the battles he was doing, he was being funny at the same time. And he was, and it was like talking about being positive and how, you know, for some reason in that day and time being negative was not cool. And what I was like, man, these is, I love his takes on all this stuff. And just, so I got instantly hooked. And then, you know, two years ago, roughly that I was like, well, maybe I want to start a podcast and just kind of just, you know, talk to people and see what happens. And like, you know, I instantly thought it would just be, you know, it was just something that I said what I wanted to do at the time, but it would never take off. And I'm not saying my podcast right. taken off or anything, but just like after five episodes or whatever, it'd be done. It was just a maybe excuse to get my friends together and just talk. And then but like when, it, when, yeah, you know, when I started like having different people like email and wanting to come on or whatever, it was like, oh, this thing's, this thing's doing something here. And that mm. I started to learn that, you know, like doing the research, like you were talking about, like that part was cool to me. Like, and even though it kind of sounds nerdy and lame at the same time, that was like, you know, like I just did a podcast with a guy about tinnitus. So I was like, Oh, I mean, I didn't really know what tinnitus is, but I'll let me check it out. You know, and that way I can halfway talk halfway intelligently about it. And so that part became kind of cool to me. It's like, Oh, dude, I'm also learning a little bit at the same time. I'm learning that people have different takes on different subjects compared to, you know, obviously what the views I have on it, you know, I mean, and before this, you know, I never know how these conversations are going to go. Yeah. You know, we emailed or whatever a few times before that, but you know, when I, we started talking earlier in the podcast about all those great superstars, I mean, you could have been on there like, well, Kobe's trash, you know, and I was like, Oh, well, damn. Okay. Tony, <laughs> you know, and like, and that, but, and that's the one cool thing about it. It's like, well, why do you think he's trash? Most people don't agree with that. Yes. But yeah. Like, but let's figure it out. You know, cool. Well, you know, if you t- should tell me that every road in the world should be painted blue, it's like, well, that's weird, but let's, okay. Let's see what he, let's hear him out a little bit. You know, let's figure it out. We need to ask why more like, okay. Instead of like condemning what people think. Now we might think that that is total garbage. Like that is like no way. But, okay, what I'm going to say is not necessarily going to change this person's mind right now. So let me just at least try to figure out why they think that way, why they feel that way. And I feel like from there, you gain more understanding and you gain more respect, typically, for the people. Now, the thing that I I guess I would say is a pet peeve of mine is when people say, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. So you go, well, Kobe is trash. Why would you say that? Well, I mean, I don't really know. I just don't like him. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's garbage. Exactly. Don't say that. Don't say Kobe's trash. Exactly. You better back it up. Back it up. You just can't just say that. You just can't say like, you know, and that was one thing that kind of Kevin Hart was also talking about that, you know, like people will see like their favorite movie ever, you know, and it's like whatever it is, like the, a new Avengers movie or whatever. And of course, there's always that one person who's just like, nah, I don't like it. Like, well, what didn't you like about it? Like, no, oh, whatever. It's like, well, come on. What did you not like the music? Did you know? Did you not like Captain America? What was it? You know, there's something there behind it. It's just that you don't mm-hmm. like it, just not to like it. You know, and just you know, it's just it's same way with sports. You know, it's just like, hey, I don't, you know, I don't like the Redskins. And it's like, well, why don't you like the Redskins? Or, or well, the Commanders now. I'm sorry. That <laughs> uh, well, you know, my brother grew up liking the command. Well, the Redskins at the time, and I grew up one like, well, I don't like him because he likes them, so I'm gonna like the Cowboys. So, yeah, and it's like, that was kind of what it is. And like, and there's no really yeah. hate, pure hatred for the commanders. It's just that, oh, well, he likes them. So I want to be different, you know, and just maybe that's and sometimes way. like sometimes that's good enough. Like, OK, that's my allegiance to another team. Like I 
will never be a fan of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Never. I'm I'm a Michigan man. I go blue all day, every day. And if somebody say, why don't you like Ohio State? I'm like, because I'm a Michigan fan. That's that's it. That's the reason. (laughs) It's not more nuanced. There are do that here. (laughs) Exactly. There are no more details. That is all I got. Now, if you want to have a more nuanced conversation, obviously that team has put out great players. They've had great teams. I've watched them kick my team head in more than enough times. And so I think as you as you get older and you have more conversations and you listen more and you try to, you try to understand people more, then I think your perspective starts to kind of round out a bit and you're not so hard and fast about everything, you know, and not everything is hard line, man. When I was younger, Oh man, it was just about arguing my point. I felt like I was right. I think a lot of guys are like that. You go, no, 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 no way. No. No, LeBron is the best, and let me tell you why. And there is no argument against it because, like you, I'll go do my research. I'll have my numbers. I'll talk about Uh leadership. I'll talk about team. So in my mind, I feel like I have made the most compelling argument. There is no more arguing. The argument is over. But, I mean, that's such a, a stubborn way to be, and I think people just have to grow out of that. Hopefully they grow out of it and they, they figure out that that's not how things work. But um, yeah, man, it's you gotta, you gotta round your perspective out and it's all right. If that person likes X or Y cool, like at the end of the day, it doesn't, doesn't make a difference to me. It doesn't hurt me. It doesn't change my life. So why do I need to like go after people about things like that? It's, it's most of the time it's just unnecessary. No, I get it. You know, most people want to be right. And obviously you get the loyalty behind your teams or whatever. But just like what you just said with Michigan versus Iowa State analogy, that I give more respect to people who – oh, did you freeze up on me again? For a second. Oh, they were back. Okay. Um, sorry, man. I got to get my internet checked. But, um, yeah, going back. Okay, what did I say? Yeah, so that whole conversation, like the analogy you just said with Ohio State and Michigan, that when people start – you know, everyone wants to be right, of course, and, you know, be loyal to their teams and all that. But I give so much more respect for people like, you know, like what you exactly what you just did right there that, you know, hey, I'm go blue all day long, you know. But, you know, yeah, you're supposed to hate Ohio State or the Ohio State if they're using that now. I don't remember. But <laughs> but I get it. But you also like you gave props to them and like, OK, we had a more adult civil conversation and you're just not yes. out of death, and you're just not out here just you know, boasting about whatever it is and just trying to be the person's right. Just, man, like we can actually have a good conversation and it's fun. And at the end of the day, you're still, we're still cool, you know? And that's where, yeah, yeah, problems come up into the day because it's just like, you know, like you said, X versus Y or whatever. It's just like, well, I hate him because if he likes X and I like Y, well, okay, well, it's just just his thing, man. You know, not, you don't have to agree with everything a person says. And I, you know, maybe, you know, I'm I'm overstepping my bounds here, but at the end of the day, it's like, I'm still going to like you for the type of person you are. You know, even if you are, if I'm Ohio State and I'm not a Ohio State fan, even my Ohio State fan, you're Michigan, and we're good, you know, good friends. I mean, cool, man. That's cool. I get it. That's your thing. That's my thing. We grew, we took two completely different life paths. And that was just where your life path took you. This is where mine took me. But, and at the end of the day, we, we, we can still, we can still hang out and chill. You know? Yeah. And have fun yeah, like, and, you, and all that good stuff. But yeah, I mean, right. Yeah. Right. And you can't, you don't want to just, if I learn, Chris, that you are an Ohio State fan, I'm not going to go in the car like, oh, yeah. nope, please do not put this podcast out. I am not for it. Like, 
we have things that we don't have in common. There are things that we differ from other people with. And so you don't want, I wouldn't throw away an entire relationship for one thing or two things, even five things, okay, that that I don't like about you or things that I differ in opinion from you, right? So as long as, you know, people are not being hurt. So if you go, well, you know, I just like to to, to beat people up, you know, wherever I go, man, I just, it's just something I like to do. I, Obviously, we can't we can't be friends. Like <laughs> there are some deal breakers here, uh, but uh, we'll take. Okay, this is this is a hot one. Uh, we'll take marijuana for example, right? Some people like to smoke weed. Sure. Okay, cool. Like I don't smoke. I never have, and I never will. But all right, if you smoke, then I, as long as it's not interfering with what we're trying to do. Right. As long as you don't smell like weed when you come around or you smoke around me, because that's not something that I that I would like. And if you respect our relationship enough to not do it, then we're fine. Yeah. What what else is there to really talk about in, in this instance? Right. But sometimes people just go, oh, well, if that's what you want to do, then we're done. Then, Right. I'm like, ah, man, that's that's such an immature way to deal with people. Exactly, man. It's just that. Exactly. I like how you said that. And that, you know, at the end of the day, I don't care if you smoke marijuana or not. Right. But if I don't want it around, then you should, you know, respect that. And the same thing, if I did something that person A or B didn't like, I mean, I would respect their wishes, you know, and yeah. just that, hey, if they don't want me wearing, I don't know, maybe not wearing something, but if they don't want me having a beer in their house, I'm not going to have a beer or whatever. Right. Or something like that, whatever it is. You got to respect that. And I get that. If that's, hey, that's your, if that's your thing. No big deal, man. But yeah, just that. Agreed. Yeah. And that's just where, I don't know. I don't want to say that's where problems are stirring up just because of those things right there. But maybe, you know, it's just like not being able to have these. I mean, again, like we could have like, you know, marijuana, abortion, what else is out there? I mean, it's probably some other type of drugs or whatever. And at the end of the day that right. if you don't agree on something that, whatever if you're pro-choice and i'm pro-life or whatever it is or vice versa that okay well that's just how he feels and that we can be, you can still have different views on things and still be cool with each other maybe i'm wrong exactly but we you know uh, I, I, when we start to just cut people off and draw these hard lines i think there is a place for that obviously right there are times where you got to go okay like this is just not happening and I can't really deal with that. And we all have our, our deal breakers, right? So, but most, not, not everything can be a deal breaker. Like sure. there can be rules for every single thing. It's like, okay, what can I do? Right. What can I do? So yeah, again, just trying to understand people, trying to, to help people and make things better. And a lot of times there's going to have to be some kind of compromise, right? We're talking about, you know, laws and that kind of stuff, when it starts to affect other people, there's got to be some some give and take most of the time. There's usually not a time where one side will get their way and everybody's happy. Fun little fact right here. I found out about Ocho Cinco that he never partaked in a partake. Why did I say that? In marijuana or drinking or anything. But like he started smoking cigars at a young age and that was like his way of still hanging out with the cool crowd that he found a I don't want to say a balance, but another outlet to like, hey, y'all do y'all's thing. This is my thing. And that and he still felt 
cool with that. And then going back how we, you know, I guess kind of going for a full circle with this podcast that doing something different than what everyone else is doing that. And I, and he was content and obviously I guess he could be arguably had a great career, but you know, I guess he played what 13 couple seasons or so never got hurt. And maybe there's some weird stuff that he does besides playing FIFA and Twitter and all day long eating McDonald's. But I mean, but that, that was yeah. the whole point of that thing that he found a different outlet in order to be, I guess, successful in a sense or still build, build relations. Yeah. 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 You got to own who you are. Right. I got a big forehead. So <laughs> my hairline is receding. It is what it is. Like, but guess what? I bet you I can, I can jump out the gym still at 33 yeah, yeah, yeah. years old. Let's go. Right? I can, I can speak with the best of them. Right. I have a, a podcast that's awesome. Right. I can teach people. So these are things about me. I just, I just have to own. I'm five, eight and some change. I'm not getting any taller. <laughs> okay. That. Deal with it. That. Right. Accept these things. Right. If there's something that you cannot change, bro, just accept it and move on. Right. And so again, full circle, like be true to yourself, be who you are. If you don't like to smoke, don't smoke. If you don't want to drink, don't drink. If you don't like McDonald's, don't eat McDonald's. So I would go to, um, I was talking to one of my, what was I talking to about this? I don't know if it was a student. No, it was a friend of mine who's also a teacher. Shout out to her. She was on my uh, podcast too. Uh, they were talking about as an adult being in social circles. And a lot of times, what do people want to go do? They want to go drink. Yeah. And wanting to build those connections and be around and rub elbows, but not wanting to partake in those activities. So it's like, how do you do it? Like, what do you do? I said, well, you can go hang out. You don't have to drink though. Exactly. Get you a Dr. Pepper. They don't know the difference. You know, you have your drink in your hand and you just go hang. So I think there is a balance, right? If we're talking about business world, we're talking about trying to make connections again and climb the ladder. Because again, people want to work with people they like. They're not going to hire you if they don't know you a lot of times. And when we start moving up and up and up, right? Yeah, yeah you do got to be around. You got to be around. You got to make those connections. It's important. So uh, if everybody's going to whatever bar or restaurant, okay, you go there, you stay long enough to make a couple of jokes, you drink your Dr. Pepper, <laughs> maybe you get an appetizer, and then you head out. You stay there just long enough for people to know that you were there, to have an impact. And if you really want to just leave, then you do it. But again, you got to be around, right? For for in, uh, most industries, a lot of industries, and it's only going to help you, you know, get a leg up, there right? So being around, being somebody that people like, you got you got to do it. You know, my my wife was talking about like I'm not really a people person like that, and I don't necessarily fool with these people like that. But when stuff goes on, you know, I. I don't always want to, to be around. And so I'm like, okay, you know, that's cool. You can take that route and still be successful. You can 100%. But if the boss is at the party, you know, go to the party just long enough to say, Hey, what's going on? Shake some hands make a couple of good jokes. Then hit the, Hey man, you know what? It was great hanging out with y'all. I got my son, you know, we got to put him down bedtime, <laughs> whatever you want to come up with. I, I don't, I'm not a, a proponent. I don't condone lying, uh, but find a way up out of there, man. If, if that's what you want to do, but 
those connections are important. So you got to find a way to kind of play that middle ground sometimes. Like if it was, if it was something at a cigar bar, like I'm just not going. Like I'll catch y'all at the next one. Yeah, there you go. But if it's something that I can kind of be around and still be myself, then, you know, make it happen. Tony, I think we should take it home right there on that, right there, going back full circle and everything. Um, if people want to find you, if they want to find your podcast or anything you want to plug or whatever, feel free to do that. Thank you, Chris. The Living Numbers Podcast. You can find it Spotify, Apple, we're also on YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Google, Amazon. You can find the Living Numbers Podcast everywhere where I have interviews very similar to this one. So if you like Chris's show, I think that you will really enjoy mine. You can uh, find me on TikTok at the Living Numbers Podcast. You can find me on IG as well. Um, Facebook, yeah. You know, it's part of it. Uh, the Living Numbers podcast. You can find a Facebook page there too. Those are the three that I'm typically on uh, the most that I'll post things to. Uh, but yeah, YouTube comments. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Tony, man, thanks for being here, dude. I'm, this was this was fun. I'm glad we did this, man. So. Man, I'm glad um, you 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 hit me up. Well, I hit you up. I don't even remember. I don't remember. You know, we're always sending messages yeah, out. Don't hey, matter, man. Mind. <laughs> so however it happened, I, I'm also glad it was a lot of fun. And this was this was great. I gotta have now I gotta have you on mine. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Um, all right, cool. Anything else or we're good? Man, I, be yourself, connect with people however you can. If you're a bowler. Hey, go connect with some bowlers. If you like to <laughs> smoke, <laughs> go connect with some. <laughs> hey, man, connect with people. Try to be a good person, man. I think we'll all, we'll all be in, in a better place. Love it. All right, we're out of here, folks. See you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.